You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. So tonight we're going to talk about Christmas. You know? Now here's the thing is that we are, we are in the season of Christmas. As a matter of fact, they say that Jesus was actually born anywhere between like July and August, okay? So Christmas around this season was more commercialized pagan type of thing and all that jazz. But you know what? We had the tree up, we like gifts, my wife loves gifts. And so, um, so we did it. But, so, but here's the thing, is that we, we utilize, that people say, oh, I don't celebrate Christmas because it's a pagan holiday. I just say, you know, let's take what the enemy meant for bad and turn around for good and let Jesus be glorified. Amen? Amen. So, I will talk to you guys tonight about the ABCs of Christmas. And the ABCs of Christmas, we're going to go back to the basics. ABCs of Christmas. You see, Christmas, Christmas is a really interesting time because uh, we, we, we usually see it as like a time of like joyous holiday and everyone's so happy. But did you know the most suicides happen around this time? This is the most suicidal time of the year. And it's really sad. Because they say that the 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 um, I'm part of the some suicide like newsletters, whatever else, and this is the biggest time that he volunteers, the biggest time that people last week alone, I'm gonna talk about this. Last week alone we lost eighty-four people in San Diego alone. To suicide. Wow. Eighty-four people in San Diego alone. Last week. Last week. And so the predicting will be a lot more as, as the holidays come by. And so when they say joy to the world, it's not joyous for a lot of people. We think it's joyous because we're like, oh, hey, cool, you know, we get to be a, you know, the holiday, we get gifts, all this. But we have to have the reality that this is not the joyous time of year for a lot of people. And so, you know, it's really interesting too because in the time when Jesus was born, the actual birth of Jesus, it also wasn't the joyous time of the year. Think about it. You got a virgin girl who's engaged to a man named Joseph, and she goes to him and says, Hey, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Immediately the boy's like, dude, you're cheating on me. What do you mean the Holy Spirit like you're pregnant? Like, what are you talking about? He was about to leave her. And then the angel had to come down and say, No, don't leave her. She really is pregnant by God. <laughs> okay? And so then it was, it was just nuts. It was like, wait, what? And then they had to go in hiding because Herod was like, every young child, kill them off. If you're, if you're a midwife, kill all the children. So they were, like, they had to run and hide. So they couldn't just be born in a regular story. They had to actually get, they were in hiding. They were refugees. They were, they were, they were, they were trying to save the child because they wanted to kill them. You know, what's really interesting though too is that is that this whole story of Christmas is a story of an of, of a, of a, of a action-packed movie, if you actually think about it. People think it was a silent night, right? quiet and peaceful. It was not peaceful. It was like they're hiding it, like we better not get caught. Like, it was crazy. And so here's the, the reality of it. Let's go to Luke 2.10. Luke 2.10. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And I think you know the story of Jesus is that after he was born, they had to go hide again. I believe in Egypt. They went to go hide just so we don't know what happened in Jesus' life in between because they were like, whoa, this, this, this we, we've got to protect. So there was a big situation here, but it didn't cause them great joy. And you know, the story of uh, Christmas is unconventional. The birth of Jesus was unconventional. And so here's this, 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 this child who's supposed to be the Messiah to the Jews, the coming king. They say, this is the king, the coming king to the Jews. But yet, born in a manger. You, th you think that if you were a coming king, you'd be born in the palace and something that's so extravagant that they would be born to people who are religious, people who actually studied the law and was under Moses. But they gave it to a, a, a peasant girl, Mary, and to a guy named Joseph from, from Nazareth. It was interesting. The question that popped up was, does anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, Nazareth, think about it this way. Uh, Nazareth is like the armpit of Cal it's like the armpit of California. You know, like what's the armpit of California here? Yuba City? You know, or or, or bigger, bigger or uh, Barstow, right? Barstow. And so it's like the armpit of California. We know Barstow because why? You pass through it to go to Vegas, right? So say no say well, think about Nazareth is Barstow. Does any good come out of Barstow? You know what I mean? Like the answer is no. It's like what the so here's yeah, exactly. so Joseph was from Nazareth. He was a nobody. Mary was this little peasant girl, a nobody. But these two were appointed, appointed by God to say, "You are going to give birth and bring forth the coming King." Who else showed up? We have the wise men. You know the wise men. They say the wise men. They, they were wise. You know, they were actually were not. They were so anti-religion. They were astrologers. They studied the stars, and that all the all the Jewish uh, 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 all the Jewish uh, Pharisees, you know, they didn't get along with them. They said, "Oh, you guys worship stars and pagans and all other jazz." So these the people that showed up were the non-religious who all showed up. You also have the shepherds. You know, the shepherds were also the lowest of the love of the Jewish culture. In the Jewish culture, right, it's like back then, it was, everything was so, like, you can't eat this, you can't touch that. There's all kinds of rules and regulations. Well, these shepherds, they're shepherds. They're, like, touching the animals. They're, like, they can't abide by a lot of the laws that were happening because, so they were, like, the outcasts of the Jewish community. And so who showed up were the outcasts, the Jews, the shepherds, the wise men, the, the non-religious, anti-religious, actually, the peasant girl Mary. And then the Barstow Joseph, you know? So this is the story of our coming king. This is who showed up. It wasn't the, the kings and the queens of all the world and all the, the big dogs of, of the day. It was all the, the people who were so unlikely to be there, who didn't belong. And so someone asked me this last week, actually. I was making my little funnel. For our church, that's the reason why I made actually. Because like, people ask me, "What's your church all about? How does it actually work?" Like, I was like, "No, let's pick one website that says everything about it. Just go, go there, you know." So now we made it. Thank God. So, um, but here's the thing: when I studied this, when I, when I studied more about this whole Christmas story, I'm like, "This is the church I want. 
the people who aren't traditionally meant to be there. And I, I believe that there's the, if, if you are to go on this tangent of the story, I can say the story, this, this sermon is a story of God loves the outcasts. Mm. God loves the unusable, the the lowest, the lowest of low. And so when we think about this, these aren't the, 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 the amazing kings and the amazing religious leaders. These guys were the peasant, the the, the, the lowest outcast, the everybody you can think of who shouldn't be there was there. And so the ABC of Christmas that I'll talk about today is a story of, that reminds us of why the heck we have Living Faith Church in the first place. And so the Christmas story, let's remember ABC. The first one here is that we are accepted. That Jesus is the symbol of acceptance by God. You see, when God, when God first created human, human beings and, and man, there's a lot of the philosophies and theologies behind it. But I believe he was looking for fellowship. He was looking for homies to hang with to rule and reign over the universe. And so here, Adam and Eve, and it's like, okay, we're going to rule. Them. They were face to face with God. There was nothing hindered. There was no veil. There was no nothing that stopped them from just seeing God face to face. And they were just really cool homies. But what happened is, God said, don't touch this, 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 this tree. They did. And then that's where there was a separation between the two of them. And so, I want to read here Hebrews 11, 18. It's kind of long, but I'll read it all out here. Day after day, every priest stands before his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice. Time out for a second. Whenever someone would sin and do, come, uh, do bad, they had to give a sacrificial offering in their behalf. So let me backtrack a little history. When, when Adam and Eve fell from, from in sin, God said, do not touch this tree lest you die. You're going to die if you touch this. And then the serpent was like, hey, touch the tree. Eat it. They did. The serpent said, hey, hey your, your, your people ate it. Kill them off. And what happens is, is that God was like, oh, you know, I'm, I don't lie. You're right. Death must take place. Blood must take place because they touched the tree. That's where he provided the offering. And so from that, Adam and Eve didn't die. Instead, there was an offering that was provided by God, by the way, in their place. So that's what's happening here. Is that day by day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. Just like a pardon for sin, that one sin, but they have to keep on doing it over and over again. But when the priest had offered for all time, wait, but when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice, which is Jesus, for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Day by day, again and again, the priest would continue to do this over and over because it was like, we're trying to pay for our sins. That we, that we can never do ourselves. And since, for, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, Jesus, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put laws in their hearts and will write them on their minds. The laws are the Ten Commandments. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. 
and there will be a day, uh, and, and where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. My friends, the very reason Jesus came on this earth was to be our ultimate sacrifice, as our ultimate lamb. So that way we live free. The very last words that Jesus spoke on that cross before he dies says, it is finished. It is finished. Which means, whether I do this, I'm forgiven. Whether I do that, I'm forgiven. Whether I do this, I am forgiven. And here's the thing. Remember, we talked about like two minutes ago, people feel, oh, Stephen, aren't you a Christian? Aren't you supposed to no longer do this, that, and the other? Listen, if I don't do this, and I say, okay, guys, I'm no longer doing this, guys, guess what? I'm still doing that. Because we're always going to be sinning. We're always going to be we're all just flawed human beings. And the story of Christmas is God saying, look, I know you're going to mess up. I know you're messed up. So here you go. Here's the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus. Take Jesus and make him a sacrifice. And we're done with this whole sacrificial offering thing. The entire story of the Bible, you read the whole entire Bible? If you do, there's, there's, a, there's a cool Bible in Denzel Washington act like God and God you know, you have like uh, uh, Morgan Freeman. It was pretty cool. So it's called the Bible Experience. Anyways. So if you listen to the whole Bible, it's a story, a whole book of stories of God chasing after man and saying, like, look, I need to come back. Come back. I want you. I want a relationship with you. And the entire story of the Bible is that chasing, God chasing man for a relationship. People, and here's the thing, some, some people think about like, what? I know that some religions out there, some religious networks out there, have made it about rules and regulations. Wait, wait, I don't like God and religion because there are people who have pick, you know, pick for you know, abortion things, or they're out there doing, say, yelling, Carter uh, Burn, or they're out there, you know, but that's not the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is like, look, I want you. That's all he wants. He knows you're gonna mess up. That's why that you need Jesus more than ever, bro. And so that is the first thing we have to understand that Christmas story is about. The story of acceptance. The next one is the Christmas story is about the story of belonging. Genesis 3, 8, and 10. The man and his wife heard the sound the first time they sinned. The man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he walked in the garden in the cool day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. God is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. So he knew these guys eat, ate from the tree. He knew these guys. But how, how does God of all creation, in Genesis, the very beginning of creation, not know what's going on with people? God knew these guys fell. They, they messed up. But here's the thing that's crazy, is that no one told them to hide. No one told them to be shameful. But it's our own it's our own self that causes us to feel the guilt, the shame. Oh man, I messed up. A child cannot look mom and dad in the face if they ate the cookie they're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. What'd you do? Uh, 
can't look him in the face. Right? They say spouses, if your spouse is cheating on you, look me in the eye and tell me. You know? <laughs> Anyways. My friends, is this aspect that shame is not from God. So if you feel ever feel shame, oh man, I'm so shame. That's not from God. Adam and Eve, they felt they, they did what they shouldn't have done. And the first thing they did by instinct, human instinct, was they hid. But what God say, and the Lord God called to man, Where are you? But let me tell you this right now, God is chasing after you. And he says, where are you? And that shows me that the Christmas story is the theme of belonging. We belong. It's not just I accept you, but I belong. I belong here. I belong part of God. And the last point here that I have is you, the Christmas story helps us remember that you are celebrating. You are celebrating. Psalm 149.4 for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. I want this to really sink in for our mind real quick. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. What is pleasure? Okay, let's get the PG okay. Okay. What is pleasure? Pleasure is enjoyment. It's excitement. It's that feeling of pure joy, bliss. What is pleasure? So many people say, like, well, I want God to be pleased with me. God is mad at me. God, let me just tell you now, God is not mad at you. So many people out there would be preached that God is angry at you, is, 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 is mad at you. And some of you here in the say, I get it, you know he's not mad at me. But the question is then, who else did he hear that message? Because if we understand, if we really grasp this concept, that the Lord takes pleasure in his people, this is in the psalm. Let's go backwards to the numbers. Numbers 14.8. And it says here, it says, If the Lord delights in us, that's the same thing as pleasure, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us to the land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. If the Lord delights in us, he'll give us blessing. Go back to the pastors. 149.4. Psalms. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. So it tells us he takes pleasure in his people. So there's no if God has pleasure or if he delights in us, then he'll give us the blessing. No, he delights in us already. My friends, here is the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is God is chasing after you. He wants you. And the message of Christmas is that he takes pleasure in you. And when you grasp that idea that he takes pleasure in you, our prayers begin to change a little bit differently. Our stance becomes a little bit different. Because I know for a fact that God takes pleasure in me. Because he takes pleasure in me, I can then ask boldly whatever it is I want in prayer. Because I know he delights in me. There's not a question of, will he answer me? Will he do this for me? But the, thing, the interesting part of it, though, is this. It doesn't matter how much a man loves a girl. If the girl doesn't love him back, the man loves her, like really loves her, giving her all kinds of gifts and giving her all kinds of attention, that's called stalking. <laughs> okay, that's like call 911. But if the guy's so into her 
and she's into him, that's called love. Isn't that weird? God delights in you. He's chasing after you. He wants you. But if you're going to say, all right, cool with that, then it's like, he's a gentleman. He's not going to push himself. So Stephen, I want to receive this love. I want this love of God. I, I get it. Okay, if, if the God really does love me, then welcome good things will happen to me. How come I'm not receiving the blessing? How come just doesn't, I don't feel this love? I feel even more deprived. Again, it's that same thing. If one party loves one other party so much, and another party doesn't reciprocate, it's deep for now and one. Get away from me, stalker. But the question is, are you going to receive that love? And are you going to love said person back? Well, I'm going to go to two more verses, actually. Let's go back to Luke 2.10. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Keep it there. That will cause great joy for all the people. Let's say Misha won the lottery. You'd be excited for him. Right? Yeah. We, 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 we would clap, we would be excited for him. But but let me tell you this now. We would be happy for him. But who really has the most joy? Misha. Now unless you're like buddies with him. And unless you're like homies with him, sure? he ain't gonna give you nothing except for his buddies. Right? <laughs> but the reality is this great joy is for Misha because he won. We're happy for him. Whenever I go to the casino, and I, I you know the other day I, I got I put 75 bucks on number uh, 18. And it hit. And everyone was like, 75 bucks on 18, that's $35 to $1. So from $75, I made $22.65 from one hit. I was so ecstatic. Yes! $2,200! But you know what's funny? I went to go high five everyone, and no one high five me back. Uh, oh. I was like, yeah! And I was like, you know why? Because I made the money, not them. Their chips didn't land on that. They're greedy. Whether they were jealous, but they were just like, all right, that's cool, man. Spin the next one, go. And I was like, well, and you guys too. <laughs> I was super excited. I had great joy for me. But can I just say this? What the angel told them was, bring you good news that will cause great joy for just the Gentiles, just for the Jews, just for the, no, for all the people. My friends, that is personal. That is absolutely personal. Joy for all the people. You know, if, if, if you know, we, we see beautiful uh, Jane's baby, and we're like, oh, so cute. And Paul, of course, lies like it right now. But in reality, as much as we would say, oh, that's such a cute baby, so happy for you. That's her baby. The true joy is in her. 
that's her baby. We'd be happy for her. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Let me have, hold the baby for a second. After that, I was like, here you go, your baby. Couldn't keep it back. If you don't, call on <laughs> But the joy for all the people comes when it's personal. The question I have for you is this. The name of Jesus coming on this earth does it bring you joy. Knowing that that is my ultimate sacrifice. That is my redeemer. Again, friends, here's the thing. Stephen, how do we know this is true? How do we know there's actually this thing called God? Well, it's called faith. Because we don't know. My friends, let me tell you this right now. I have a friend who is a Sikh. He was a neighbor, a roommate of mine in the back of Bible college. And he believed that everyone eventually goes to heaven. And I said, look, his name is Ferris. Ferris, if you're right and I'm wrong, then I'm just wasting my Sundays. I'm just wasting my Sundays and okay. Kumbaya gave some money to homeless people and helped out with some people and sang some songs and studied this book called the Bible. And eventually I go to heaven. But if I'm right, you're wrong. What happens? See, it's called faith. You don't know. But you just gotta say, you know what? Alright. I'm gonna believe in something bigger. I'm gonna believe in something greater. I'm gonna believe that this, put the verse back up, please. That this is good news for me. Good news. For all of me, it's personal. And my last verse is this Psalms 34 8. Taste and see. You know what's interesting about taste and see? But taste is a very personal thing. You have to put said fruit, apple, dessert, whatever, to your mouth. You can look at whatever beautiful cake that Sarah makes. Shameless plug, Sarah's dessert bar. <laughs> <laughs> But until you taste it, it becomes personal. Until you actually indulge in it and say, you know what, I'm not going to smell it, be interested in it. I'm going to dive in and get into this cake. Okay. Oh, praise the Lord! God is good! Taste and see. The music got even louder. Look. Taste and see. The Lord is good. My friends, in closing is this. Some of us here haven't experienced God's real goodness because we're just smelling the cake. We're just looking at the beauty of the cake. We're hearing about the cake. But we haven't really dived into the cake. In January, I'm starting a new series called All In. I hope you will join us in this series called All In. But it's to really say, you know what? I'm no longer just going to smell the cake, look at the cake, Look how beautiful, hear about the cake. But actually, no, let me go ahead and dive into this cake. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Everyone's eyes closed, heads bowed. First question I have for us tonight is this. You're saying, Stephen, I'm here. I hear about this whole Jesus thing. And I want to explore this even further, deeper. And those of you watching online as well. If that's you tonight, and you're saying, Steve, I want to go deeper in the relationship with Jesus. Can we just, like, give me a little wave of a high five? 
close eyes, close every head down. Just pray this prayer. Everyone out loud, everyone. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross. I accept your forgiveness. Heaven is my home. God is my Father. I thank you in advance for the blessings. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. And for those of you who are watching online, put the emoji praying hands, if that is you as well. We would love to pray for you. And we'd also like to give you a book that we wrote uh, called Living Life, Abundant Life. Um, my friends, every time we hear about Christmas, understand this, that the true story of Christmas, and we've seen the nativity scene. When you look at the nativity scene, those guys are in hiding. That's not a nativity scene of like, Beauty. That's them fugitives. Okay? Now, now think about that. Every time you see that passing by some old church steeple or whatever else, you the nativity scene, they're actually like in the running. They're running from, from, from the authorities. So understand this that it was not all glamour and glitz on the birth of Jesus. And remember the ABCs though that all that sacrifice, all that pain, was so that you and I would taste and see the Lord's day. Amen? Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.